0: heard around the world on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It's Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande.
2: Buzz, buzz, everyone. Welcome to CanX's B2B Expo. <laughs> My name is Jodacy, and I am so proud and honored to be by trailblazing women and founders that are in our industry who we consider experts in marketing and brand management and ultimately cannabis exposure. Please, thank you everyone. Please help me welcome our panelists for today. We have Jess Moran. She is the founder of Known. Known is a cannabis marketing company and agency. She's also the vice president. Of Cannabis Wiki. Of Cannabis Wiki. Thank you, Jess. I'm going to let you take it away. You have so many accomplishments, and I'm so proud of what you do. Making women top 40, under 40, that was one that stuck out to me, but countless of other things, so I'm so excited to have you today. We also have Christina the founder and collective embodiment officer of the Entourage Co. Christina brings over 30 years of experience and expertise and passion to our industry. <laughs> Christina, we welcome you to Canix, all the way from Canada. We welcome you, Jess, from, to Canex. How are you ladies doing today?
4: Good, thank you for having us.
2: Yes, absolutely. We love being here, it's a little hot. A little hot. We
4: got breezy. We got breezy. Uh, Thank you. I'm so
5: excited to be back in California. It's been three years since COVID. I was able to come here and love being back in the state of California. So excited about spending the weekend here and getting back to LA and having some fun and seeing some people that I haven't seen in a long time and having a great time for this one's birthday on Monday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Even the Canadians
2: (laughs) love California cannabis. (laughs) <laughs> you know we had some interesting conversations behind the scenes so I'm eager to learn more about the Canadian market um, and how it differs from our market here in the United States. So um, last but not least our final panelist, uh, Miss Jenny Beth Dills, founder of Kind Cannabis Co and Game Over Distribution. Jenny, Wow, I am so grateful and honored to be in your presence. Um, grateful for the, for the amount of expertise that you bring today, and we welcome you to Canexes. How are you doing?
6: I am great, I'm happy to be here. We're in Adelanto. it's not
2: a hundred degrees outside, so I am fucking stoked. <laughs> well, great, okay. So we're just gonna really just jump right into it. You know, as a fellow CEO and a of a successful cannabis brand, You know, I know we can sit here and talk all night about the challenges of marketing in the cannabis space. So I would love if you ladies could share how you overcame one biggest challenge in this space. Want to start with me? Yes.
5: Well, I'm proud to say that my first dip in the water was in uh, a Californian-infused CBD beverage company. And bringing that through North America and trying to get it into Canada, um, was a massive hurdle. Uh, in 2016, when, when that started happening, it kind of, I really jumped into the deep end really. And, um, you know, since then I've done a, a lot of things. One of the other biggest challenges I had, of course, was, uh, I was in British Columbia, one of the first 25 stores to open a legal cannabis store, um, in a heritage area of Vancouver. So that was a huge process in a federally legalized uh, game and uh, opening a store in, in our province. And beyond that, uh, it's been a million things in six years that is, have happened and many hurdles, but uh, working in a federally legalized country coast to coast, there's a pivot every single day. And uh, today, you know, our market in BC is on strike, so we're not getting any weed from, from our distribution channel, so our stores are, suffering. We just got direct sales back online today. So it's been a grind.
2: It's a hurdle every day. It definitely is a hurdle. And I'm interested to hear a little bit more um, about, you know, what those hurdles and how they differ, right? Especially um, uh, in regards to the amount of edibles you're allowed to buy. Let's (laughs) dig into that really quickly. That was insane to me.
5: Yeah. So our, our dosing limit in Canada is 10 milligrams per dose, and we're only allowed. Yeah. Boo! Boo. And we're only allowed to buy up to 30 30 grams a day. So. You know, we have a huge problem, a huge problem with uh, dosing limits. We have a huge problem with purchasing limits. We have a huge problem with manufacturing limits. And and we can only sell in our province, so we have to get listed provincially. Um, Every province sells different gear because the gear only gets listed in certain areas. There's a lot of challenges
2: federally uh, legalizing. And it's up to us to try to break down those challenges and find those solutions and come together, right, educate, uh, work with our, um, you know, partners, our local nonprofits, our national nonprofits, um, and there's outlets and finding those resources. So um, check out Minorities for Medical Marijuana. We are a national nonprofit, international nonprofit organization that helps with advocacy and social equity brands and bringing brands to market. So... Tell me, uh, Jess, a little bit about your experiences and how you've overcome some of the challenges that we've seen in the cannabis industry with marketing.
4: Yeah, so I think in Canada, uh, I think everywhere, there's still a big stigma. So I'm going to actually take it a little personal, a little away from marketing, but um, I've got family members who were maybe not so welcome to cannabis, came from more of a conservative family. Um, I've got a daughter who's on the autism spectrum and through working through the industry was able to bring medical cannabis into their lives and made major, major impact in their lives and our lives. So I started from a patient-first perspective in my life and obviously very into recreational now, but I really have a deep passion for helping patients. In Canada, there's such a stigma that it's a shame, I mean, even, you know, 60-plus they don't know about cannabis or there's still the, the war on drugs, all of the things, those still exist. And so part of what I love to do in cannabis is talk about the journey and help to break the stigma through conferences that we put together or through working with brands to say, this isn't a scary thing, it's plant, it can be medicine, it can be therapeutic, you know, much better than alcohol. And so that's, that's really what I'm most proud of above and beyond you know, industry stuff.
2: Do you work with any local universities or schools?
4: Yeah, we work, um, where I'm from, there's a city called London, Ontario, and we work with a bunch of colleges there. Actually, it's really interesting to geek out a little bit they have all kinds of different extract programs and things of that nature. There's cannabis specific programs now in Canada, Canada because it's such a big industry. So super proud to be able to work with those, um, those schools uh, as an educational resource. And, and I'm a mom of, of teen kids and so it's Christina and, and we like love that because our kids have no stigma because they grew up listening to us talk about cannabis every day of their lives on the phone they don't see us. they don't even want to tr- my kids are teenagers they don't even they don't even think it's cool yeah because no. mom worked, my, you know so my
5: significant and other other and i are are both heavily integrated in cannabis he does extracts and um and i do pretty much everything so uh, the fact that i even use diamonds is like my son doesn't think we're cool at all we're the the nerdiest uh, parents in the entire world and he's like yeah whatever you
2: guys are lame and Who cares? Shout out to Canna Parents! Jenny Beth, tell us a little bit more about your experiences and how you've overcome some of those challenges. So in an effort to answer the
6: initial question, which was the challenges in marketing, right? And we're talking about marketing and branding. I think that any brand, no matter what your focus is, right? Whether you're a medicinal focus, whether you're a recreational focus, Is isolating what your brand ethos is, what your brand identity is. No one brand is going to sell to everyone. And that's very important to know. If you're not selling to 25-year-old guys because you're not a cookies and you're not hype and you're not trappy, that's cool. That's not your fucking ethos. The most important thing that you need to know as a brand when you're looking at how to launch, when you're looking at how to package, when you're looking at how to whatever, is to understand what your goal is and isolate your target market, right? It's very difficult, especially in the California market because we're prohibited by restrictions from the government on how we can and cannot market to people, how we can and cannot touch our consumer. We're pulled back, we have to buy our consumer metadata, which is huge, right? So that tells me that Jason Beck spent $1,500 last month on my fucking product. I don't know, you know, who knows? That fucking bud tender and that POS system. They'll sell it back to me for a price but I don't know. So it's important to really understand if you're a medicinally focused brand, then your marketing is education. You're beating people down with this is why, what, where, and this is how this can improve your life without making medical recommendations because that too is prohibited, right? If you're a trappy fucking cool, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to put my weed in Lil Wayne's hands and fucking Uzi Vert's hands and all these rappers' hands, then you need to make sure that that's your consumer base and that's who you're going to sell to. And you brand with some wild ass art. You brand with some street branding. You brand in a way that reaches the consumer base. But understand the most important thing and the most important hurdle you will ever jump in marketing is isolating your consumer base and figuring out who you're speaking to. Yeah,
5: I couldn't agree with you more. Like in my store in Gastown, it was a it's a very big legacy store in the past. And when we create when we took it over and made it into a regulated store, um, you're 100 percent right. Like uh, product, price, placement, promotion was massive. Like as much as I'd love to carry some really dope products that I love and topicals and you know all, diamonds and all sorts of things that I love. My store would not bear that. I had to sell 20. I sold 20. I still sell 28 gram bags all day long, and they're they're priced and placed in my store specifically because the demographic of where that store is, second and third store where they're going, totally different market, um, totally different demographic, totally different uh, arena of people that are going to look at things like more pre-rolls and and topicals and some interesting products formats that you know my other store you know just doesn't sell those things quite well so I had to pay attention to doing a lot of research and, and making sure and especially coming from a legacy store that had a massive following to like now coming into a regulated store with a different look a different vibe I had to cater still to that market that came in my store and they wanted to come in how do you maintain your culture? Uh, I think I hired people in my store and, and at the beginning for sure that I didn't come from cannabis and I wanted to train them on the way I wanted people to feel coming into my store on what the store stood for before I took it over on what the product was. We were so new then like it was 2019 so you know we were just a year baby into the market so we were working with big brands and understanding things so culture was a big deal but it was community. So. Entourage, how I built Entourage as well Inclusion, collaboration, education, community Those are our four pillars It's how I do everything And everybody has to live that way Working with me, for me, in alignment That's it
0: We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
0: Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101.
6: I think knowing, also, I just want to build on that if that's okay. I think knowing your target market is important right like I started in I won't tell you because it wasn't legal then but my fucking marketing was turkey bags and fucking ball jars and you have a nice fucking day with that because I grew fire weed but it's really important to understand right if the store is in Linwood and that store is seeing fucking 20,000 whatever people a month and you're to Loom, you're not going there That's not going to work for you. That's not your consumer base. They are there to get some wild ass shit. They're here to get high. They don't care about the amazing research behind it. They don't care about, you know, a, you know, secretive way to consume that doesn't look like you're smoking weed. They don't care. You have to figure out where you're going and get in where you fit in. That's huge. And product, we look at this market right now. Look at California. There are a lot of really shitty products that sell out. You know why? Because they're creative. That's what's missing in cannabis. There's no creative focus. There's no understanding of and the brands that try, God bless them, they freaking try, but they don't do a good job at it.
4: Yeah, I was going to add on to that. So like just taking it back to like marketing 101, it's hard in Canada as well to find out your buyer persona a lot of the time. You have assumptions, you get that, you buy the metadata, whatever. I think for me, marketing 101 is once you crack that code and you know your consumer, it's two things. Everybody does this. If they buy a car, if they buy clothes, you elicit an emotional response. You got to make your buyer either need that or want that. Those two things. It's very simple. Everybody does that in marketing, no matter what it is. I think the tricky part, layer on the regulations, because we have something in Canada called Bill C-45 very similar to, Cal. yes, you cannot say shit. You cannot do shit. It is very prohibiting. You can't make health claims, but you can't say anything. And, and even here, compared to here and seeing some of the products here, it's like, oh, wow, I, we wish we could do that in Canada. So it layering that on is very difficult. We found ways to get creative. But I think, as you were saying, people don't know their buyers. They maybe go overboard. They're not connecting. So I do agree. When you tap into that and there's lots of brands that are doing it, it becomes very simple because you know that buyer, you're making them need or want your product, and then that's it. Yeah, I, I want to
5: touch on a couple of things you said there. Um, it's also, the gentleman was up here earlier with his 13 stores building relationships. I Elliot. think that's, that Elliot, that, that was a massive uh, message. Like, build relationships, not only with your growers, but, but build relationships with your consumers. Like, it's about, we can't in Canada open products in the store in BC. So we have to just show them a jar that's locked behind glass. Like, you can't see shit about shit. So you have to be able to have an experience with your consumer. So experiential marketing takes on a whole new layer of being able to, what Jess was saying just a minute ago, you know, meet your consumer where they're at. Get to know them, know their name, ask them why they're in there, focus on them and who they are, get them talking about themselves. Don't sell them stuff that you think you want them. Like understand, know your product base, know your consumer, know your community, And, like, meet them where they are, but give them an experience in-store that they matter and that you can actually find a product that's going to work for them and, and know that format.
6: Terpenes! I think it's important. You can't make medical claims. What you can give is anecdotal evidence. You are allowed to do that. And I don't know because I am not in the Canadian market at this point. The only time I've done that was with UCAN. and That was a CBD product, right? So we hold the patent on aqueous suspension, whatever. But... Are you not allowed to have display jars, right? So, display jars are built by different companies. They have like a little filter on the top. You can smell, you can whatever. Because if you can't find your weed by your nose, you're fucking up. The same terpenes that find, you know, when you're getting a cold, you smell orange juice. You're like, I need that. I don't know why. Because you're about to get sick, bitch. You need some orange juice. Those terpenes let you know what you need.
2: Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. So in that, in your market, are you guys utilizing other resources in the supply chain to ensure that, you know, your customer is getting met? So what I mean is, are you using patient advocates in your store? We're not allowed. See,
4: yeah, and we can't do in Canada. You can't do celebrity endorsement like here. No there's, there's a lot of you, you can't. no endorsement. You can celebrity get
6: celebrity brands don't sell. So thank yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, thank you God. You
4: cannot. <laughs> you can use. They can work for your company, but you know. So there's yeah. a there's a lot of there's a lot of barriers. I think for. You know, making for us, it's it's making these connections. So for some of the work that I've done, I work with a lot of athletes. We have an organization called Athletes for Care. There's over 300 athletes around North America. We know a lot of them use after sport, especially they're incredibly banged up and they've come to cannabis. So tapping into that market is very powerful. There's a huge connection, as we know, with music and cannabis. I've been able to do that with a bunch of different. Uh, We have a show called Dance Hall Tours, and that's been amazing. And we're able to connect with musical artists and connect with, you know, the roots of cannabis and and really drill down and, and, and talk to that market. And that's where I think you need to, again, go back to, because it is so restrictive in Canada, make that connection, create that emotional connection, because you can't do all of the things or say all the things that you want to.
6: So then how do we, since we're on a branding and marketing panel, right? How do we brand our cannabis? How do these guys who are listening at home, at work, whatever, how do they make sure that their brand speaks to the market? Because we've talked about a lot of things, but we haven't really gotten down to the nitty-gritty on how you focus your brand. If I can't smell it, touch it, taste it, experience it. How do you make sure that your branding speaks to people? It's relationships. I think it's you have to
4: do some legwork on who your potential customer is. And I also think that even before that, and we've talked about this too, this should be a no-brainer. Make sure your product is bomb. Shitty shit is not the what, best stuff what that's bought. Mean? It means like, it's it's good like really great it, really, really off- great product in Canada sells. So like a good example would be uh Z Splitter by Ghost Drops. It's a massive popular strain right now in Canada because it's really, really good. They did it right. They went to all craft gr- growers. That's something that stands out. Their branding was okay, but it was a really great product. So word of I'll, mouth, I'll mouth really travels. Um, so my, my partner in life, um,
5: he's he's got a company called Greybeard. Um, it's owned by an, another company, but Greybeard is the brand he built uh, with their team. And, you know, he personifies and embodies the Greybeard brand. And he is a gray beard. He travels across the country. He's been in over 2,000 in stores in a big truck that has gray the river. beard on it. Um, you know He's That's built relationships go. with thousands of retailers, thousands of bud tenders. And when he walks in the door, he is gray beard cannabis. And when he goes into those stores, you know they, they do extracts. That's a whole other market that is difficult to sell in and the price points and so on as well. And But he has created such a massive following because of the ethos he carries and personifies the brand. And when you open up that product, it is just as quality as the team behind it, just as quality as their outdoor grow, just as quality as everybody that goes and does everything with Greybeard. So because we can't do a lot of the things with the product, like even with Entourage, like everything I do is those four pillars. So when people meet me, they know what they're getting when they hire my company. They know what they're getting when they walk into my cannabis store they they know because that's it's a reflection of me and how I put myself out there into the market and what I do coast to coast and the other brands that I work with I'm launching two with two my very first time I'm launching two flower brands with micros in BC this coming t- year in 2023 and you know we're doing a good pink slurricane slurricane and flawless and we're we're and we're that's for cool, the community, not right? U.S. Yeah. Genetics blowing up in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I told y'all that. What are we going to so, do? A little plug for J in BC. It's a micro, and yeah, we're super stoked
2: about about launching their first flower. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting, and I think um, where we can see the bottom line is each experience is different, and there's so many parts to everyone's experience, and each market is doing something different. So maybe one tactic that works in one market could work in another, or maybe it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the same. But I do think that we have to keep the, the focus on the consumer. Um, and to bring back what you said as far as, it sounds like you the, in the can, uh, Canadian market, excuse me, that you guys are really seeing a lot of more brands emerge that are pouring right back into the community. Um, They've been recently, they've coined that term to actually be called a conscientious capitalist business model. So it seems like that is the model that you guys are going that way versus a a capitalist enterprise model, right? Um, So what marketing tools should those emerging brands use to create a global sensation?
4: I really think that at least in the Canadian market and perhaps in the U S market, it's more advanced, but, uh, digital marketing is so untapped. So, you know, like it's, it's knowing the customer path to purchase is huge. If you can map all of that and listen, we've got weed maps, there's Dutchie, there's all kinds of those platforms, but. Digital marketing helps you to go global if you can do digital marketing properly. And I believe that there's very few companies that are doing digital marketing properly in the cannabis space. That's going to allow you to cross borders very much more effectively. And that's my belief is I think it's very, very untapped. It's not if you think of general marketing, again, outside of the cannabis industry Hopefully the regulations will loosen up, but e- even if not, there's so much uh, gray space and opportunity for digital marketing to help a brand go global from a marketing perspective. I'm oversimplifying.
6: Jenny
2: Beth is biting her tongue. Go I, for I it, am. girl. Go for it. I am, I it. am. Because, like,
6: <laughs> listen, I have seen what's happened with digital marketing. You can digital market. Yes, there are regulations on what you can and cannot say. Do not have your bud tender who is 22 years old be in charge of your digital marketing. Oh, thank you. It invest Thank you. in your fucking margin budget yes. by the way hey put money in your fucking budget for market because oh. that's what grows your brand if okay. you don't have yeah. someone who is knowledgeable on the ways you can and cannot market your brand then you are wasting your time and you might as well hang it up Jenny? if no one knows you're there they're not buying you so yeah. being able to digitally market Instagram's great facebook's great all the things are great if you know how to use them properly. If I grow my following to 100,000 people and my 22-year-old bud titter's like, hey, we got $18 dollars and my account's gone, who gives a shit you just ruined it? So get creative, spend money on brands Spend money on branding. Spend money on creatives. Spend money on people who are going to create content that will highlight your brand and set you apart. Because otherwise, what are you doing? Thank
0: you. Set yourself apart. Oh, my God. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
5: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
0: Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101.
5: You know, it's so interesting. Jenny made such an amazing point. The amount of companies that I've gone into and looked at their pro formas and their, their strategy or lack thereof. And I'm like looking at their their budget and their line item. There's not, how many times have I put a market? I'm like, where's your marketing line item in your budget? What are you doing? How are you going to get your, your gear into well, the hands of it the got Instagram consumer. page. Well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, your Instagram post that, literally looks like shit is going to last all of eight seconds maybe, But a maybe in a way. day maybe, and then it's gone, forget it, it's over like, you know, we have to create get creatively compliant we have to use con- digital content that's going to be sticky and last, we have to get bye, it out bye. there to the right people, exactly the beast. and I love that um, w- the, you know, Cannabis Wiki is awesome that way, we're, we're doing some amazing things with them now in Canada where we actually get some Incredible traffic, incredible um, impressions. It, it's archived. It's last up there. You can actually bring it onto your own website. We're, there's so many things. I'm loving it because I'm doing. I'm going to start doing it with some of our brands too, and it's it's awesome because what Jenny was saying earlier too is like, how do we? If we can't open the jars, we can't smell it. We can't touch it. We can't do anything in Canada we have labels everywhere about warning and like you know half of our box or our tins or everything is covered in a warning label so realistically where can I my staff or where can I point people to learn about the product to learn how to infuse to learn how to roll to learn how to smoke diamonds or infuse them into my little caramel gems and all the little fun things point them there a digital a digital marketing platform that's going to have longevity, that's going to have legs, that's going to have resources. I don't need to tell them about the benefits of cannabis. Cannabis. What I need to do is give them an, a platform they can go to that's going to be easy to
4: comprehend and look at and read and see what they have to see. Yeah, and like in in age gated, you know. It, it can be compliant. You can get to that you can get to those spaces where there's a lot of high converting traffic in an age gated uh, space to be able to do those things, to be able to make health claims. That's where you can do yeah. it.
5: And SEO you have and geofencing day. and all of the wonderful things technology can then provide that Instagram doesn't. I'm not saying don't have an Instagram page, but what I'm saying is you can get it can get better than that. You, and even if you don't know anything about tech, you don't know anything about branding or marketing, there are companies out here and people like us out here that will help you get there and do that for you. Yeah.
6: And Ultimate. if y'all don't stop using a weed leaf for your fucking logo, we get there's weed in it. Thank We're in God. a dispensary. Yes, get better than that.
2: You know, and I think um, to your point, Christina, I, I love that you said. You know, hey, hire an SEO or an advertising company. Um, Jenny Beth, you said, you know, put money into your bu- marketing budgets. Stop cutting the marketing budgets. Have oh, one my to start with, right? my God. Um, and how, how this is really transforming the future of cannabis, right? As we look at um, us increasing jobs and um, increasing jobs in our job space, adding other... Um, you know, industries into our market, whether that be the tech industry. And I mean, look at us today. We have technicians with us, producers with us. Um, we get to market our brands, our success, some of the insights, key insights um, to to leverage our, our well, industries. you wouldn't have your product without bees. I would not have my products without bees. And nobody would be here without bees. Bees are so important. Yay, pollinators. And, you know, yes. Um, and you know, as a small business owner, small brand owner, I un- totally understand everything that you're saying with the Instagrams getting shut down. Or really, let's start at the beginning. The Jenny Beth just tar- m- you know, marketing or targeting your market ar- audience and how important that is. So as you do emerge your brands, I again, we just want to reiterate the importance of having your business plan laid out, right? Knowing exactly what you what the end goal is. And the next step is, and then using your resources, whether they're your community allies or you know partners in justice, you um, utilize your voice. So, we have a another brand that
5: uh, we're launching a whole bunch of products with 40 acre blends, and you know I'm a big topicals fan, and I think we have to start looking at other formats too and experiences. Like a Friday night for me is like a bath bomb, a cannabis bevy. Maybe a couple of my little caramels or I take my bubbler, or I have a little hoot off my diamonds. Right. You know, I chill and I have a whole experience with several different formats than just one thing. You know, let's expand into different areas and have a, a full holistic experience with cannabis that does a body good. It's not just about, you know, rolling a joint. Lots of people don't want inhalation products. So there's tons of cool things like honey, like you know, clay, like CBD masks, like, you know, massage products and all the bath bombs. And it's an experience. I love it for myself. It's all
6: about the experience. Jenny Beth. Here the hell I come again. Like we're talking about branding. Let's talk about branding and tell people how to brand and work. But I mean, when I'm talking so about I think it's you know it's important. Like At the end of the day, if you don't know who you are as a brand, if you don't understand your ethos, if you don't understand your focus, how the hell am I supposed to know? Right. There's no way you're going to transfer that over to me. There's no way because you don't know. You're just like, you know what? Today, I'm going to get a bath bomb. I'm going to make a joint, and I'm going to have some weed. And I'm like, great, you and fucking $1,000 million other people you have to understand who you are as a brand your most important thing is storyboard that shit out when you say my brand is called kush whatever you're gonna call your brand right get a fucking storyboard when you sit there and think about kush and think about your brand write down purple pink blue whatever it is active sports whatever you want your brand to encompass Use those words, use that basic branding knowledge, and then narrow that down and come with things, come with fonts that matter, come with fucking content that matters, come with something that encompasses your brand. Because if I see a billboard, I can't smoke your billboard. I can't put your billboard on my sore knee. I need to understand what your brand is by seeing your branding, by seeing your marketing. If you have a great billboard that you spent $50,000 on and I don't understand what it's about, congratulations. Put that in the backyard and set it on fire next time you want to spend $50,000 the wrong way.
2: The billboards. Stop the billboards. No, the billboards
6: are great, but have it right. Understand your brand. I think market something.
5: I think what's interesting you're saying too, though, and what I was try. I, I'll, I'll circle back to what I was saying too about about that. Know your competition. Also, know your complementary products that go together. Because you know, if you're always focused on one thing, no. When you're branding something, I do this with my stuff too. I know who I'm competing against. I know what their branding looks like. I know what's working for them and not working for them. I know what complementary products go with my brand, which other brands that align with my brand. I have to be resourceful in understanding like how I can actually create bundles in my store as well with different brands that go together. Absolutely. And different like little opportunities that I can build a basket in my store. So I'm not looking at it just for, you know, a brand that I'm gonna build. Then you're different, boosting sales. Yeah, like flour and, and concentrates and all of those other products. When I'm actually in my store, I have to look at all those brands and put bundles together that make sense, that work together, but I have to, those brands have to align with each other because if it's coming from one brand that's making a shit product, I can't bundle it with something that's super premium. Right, like I have to really think about that. So branding is important from that perspective when I'm at the store level of trying to put things together to build the biggest basket I can for an experience for the consumer that's coming in. So my store survives.
6: Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I might be a little different here and I, I definitely feel that and I hear that. And I, if I said I don't look at my competition data, I'd be lying to you because I do because I'm not an idiot, right? Um, so I pull data, but at the end of the day, my biggest competition will always be. And my only competition is me. I am in a competition with myself to be bigger, to be greater, right? Cannabis is not new. PS, this industry is, I've been on the legal side for over fucking a decade. This isn't new. Nothing's going to be super fresh. Your goal is to be disruptive. Your goal is to be so fucking undoubtedly you that people are like, nah, that one, not this one, that one. Your goal is to be your absolute best friend. Your goal is to stand out. Your competition, understand what they're selling. Understand where your shrink is, right? So understand the consumer ID metadata, right? That says, if I'm buying Alien Labs, what else am I buying? So that you know where their other dollars are going. So you can capture more of them. But at the end of the day, your goal is to disrupt. Don't get distracted by what Stizzy's doing, by what whoever else is doing. You do you. That's how you get a fucking loyal following. That's how you get to be different. That's how you disrupt is you say, this is my brand. This is our ethos. And we are here. We are not deviating from brand. If you don't fucking like it, you're not my guy. I got my guys out there. There's an ass for every seat. That's a saying from the car business. And there sure is. And you find that and you optimize those asses and you
2: get them smoking your weed. Amazing. Thank you ladies. That, I just really love the energy and then also, again, the differences in the markets and the um, resources that you ladies are pulling. Um, you know, As we see the, the marketing and branding you know, thrive in our industry, it is really pushing forward sales. It is really pushing forward the future of cannabis. So we have to be strategic. It's all about strategy. So staying strategic in your plan, staying mindful of your vision and insight, I think are all key takeaways today um, in in what these ladies are saying. Before we close out, do you ladies have any last remarks regarding our industry um, as far as marketing, branding, and exposure? I'm going to
4: do a shameless plug because part of the reason I'm here is from um, Lip, who... uh, Put this whole thing together really from a high level with his vision so shouts out to him and um, speaking of branding uh, we got the game day brand going on I saw many of you sitting around in the game day lounge um, and we got some game day activations going on tomorrow so I encourage you to stop by check out the game day branding see if you like it maybe you won't (laughs)
6: but you you did have Florida Gators not Florida State but we'll talk about that later girl at
4: any rate we're going to have a few uh, athlete ambassadors here that we're bringing in so just pop on by and check out game day we got t-shirts
6: all that stuff shameless pug done I just want to thank all the ladies it's been great speaking with you I am a ball buster I'm a little bit known for that been here for a long time, not going anywhere. So get fucking used to it. But uh, it's been great talking with you. It's been great to hear about what's going on in Canada. And I can't wait to check out the game day branding.
5: Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, Jenny. Uh, You know what? I love that, though, because (laughs) it speaks to exactly who you are and you are going to be your brand. Your product is going to be is a reflection of you. So staying true is a huge part of selling your brand. Don't forget who you are, why you got in the industry don't get influenced by other people saying this that and the other stay true to who you are stay true to what you believe in you know walk the line don't deviate know who you are emphatically and don't don't compromise that just to make a sale don't compromise that you know in your brand ethos just you know what cannabis is only going to get bigger it's only going to go longer we're in a hundred Three years of of alcohol prohibition ending in Canada. We're in our fourth year of federally legalization. We've got a long fucking runway. So like, don't run out of gas. Don't go crazy. You know, stay true to what you're doing and you'll have longevity just like any other brand would.
2: You know, this plant is so powerful and majestic. So it's important that, you know, we continue to grow brands that have high integrity. So I'll leave you guys with that. I thank you all for joining in. At CanX's B2B Expo with the Cannabis Talk 101 podcast. Buzz, buzz.
0: Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.